0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Outdoor Executive Dad. This is Chris Lee. This is the third installment of the series on county bonds that I've recorded with directors around the state in counties that have their own county bond that supports their conservation department. This episode today is with Lynn County Conservation Director Dennis Gumate and about Lynn County's bond, which came along in 2016 during the general election then, and it passed with a large majority of the vote and has done some great things since then. Before we get started, just a reminder. That if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've learned anything from it, and you think that friends or colleagues would benefit from learning from this as well, please share it around. Tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your coworkers about the show and what they can learn from it. Uh, Get on your favorite podcast app, wherever you get this podcast, and leave a review. Hit subscribe. That will help it climb up in the ranks. I'm not necessarily looking to compete with the likes of Joe Rogan or anything like that, but by having those reviews on there that will help the algorithms, those darn things that seem to run our lives these days, uh, when somebody searches parks and conservation or park leadership or things like that, uh, they'll be able to find this a little bit easier. And that's really what we're going for here. This, uh, My hope with this is to help others learn from these professionals throughout our industry. And in order to do that, we need to spread this around, let people know that this podcast exists. So if you can leave a review, tell your friends, share it on social media, whatever it is that you can do to help share this around and help others find this and learn from it. And so with that, I will get off my rant and turn it over to this interview with Dennis Gumate from Lynn County, on Linn County's conservation bond. Please enjoy. Thanks for taking the time to to chat with me. Wanted to talk about a bond and bonding, um, county bonds for conservation and parks. Um, Would like to look at doing one myself one of these days in the near or far future, who knows. But, uh, um, and then to just share with the listeners of the podcast of, you know, how they might go about doing their own uh and how it's worked in other counties. And so I know you've got one, if I remember right, yours was passed in 2014. Is that right? It's yeah, 16, 2016. Okay. All right. Might have the years kind of all blend together after a while, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, it does blend together. And we, we went on a general election. Okay so the pres- same year as the presidential election
0: ah okay and the vote turnout was what or what percentage of the vote Excuse passed me? what percentage of the vote passed your bond
1: so just under 74 like 73.9
0: <laughs> wow so that's by most vote standards that's a landslide I mean if any if any political candidate had gotten that level of vote they would have shouted that from the mountaintops. So so that said let's let's back up and walk me through the process that you took um to get the bond put in place and you know how you advertised it and then uh a little bit later on I think I'm 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 going to dig a little bit deeper kind of into um more of the nuances of how you guys have built that connection with your, with your community. Cause obviously you don't get 74% of the vote, you know, to tax people more if, if you haven't built some level of trust with them. But, right. but, uh, so let's start with the bond itself. Um, how is it structured and, and what was the process for getting it?
1: okay. So you're talking about the, the dollar figures and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. The dollar figures. And then, um, you know, what it was set up to be used for and how that was communicated.
1: Right. So, so when we first put this together, uh, it was a $40 million bond referendum and there, there was not any um, bucket, so to speak. And then as the process evolved uh, through Public comments and questions and that kind of thing. The board decided to, as well as the board of supervisors, later endorsed this um, same percentages. So that 55% um, or 22 million of the 40 million was for water quality and water quality initiatives and land acquisition. So, so that was the biggest part. There was there was a period of time where there was going to be a bucket for land acquisition and a bucket for water quality, and through the process, uh, they decided just to put it into a single uh, a single bucket because um, you can make the case that both of those things impact water quality. Typically, when you um, protect land, you're also doing um, benefits for permanent cover and that kind of thing. So. That was 22 million. Uh, then the, the next biggest part was park improvements. That was at 12 million. And then the smallest piece was trails and trail development at 6 million.
0: How long was the process getting this kind of in place in order to make it onto the ballot in the first place? Like, how, how did that process get? Long.
1: And, and ours was particularly long. We started the process in 2007. We were going to um, shoot for a 2008 referendum or, or ballot. And then the 2008 floods hit Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. And it would have just been completely tone deaf as to what was happening in our community at that time to move forward. So we really put it on hold. And that, you know, that set it back, oh, not quite 10 years, but, but a long time. So we started the discussions in 2007, started doing some groundwork in 2007, 2008, and then decided to put it on hold. So in 2012, went through a long-range capital improvement program update, and that was really laying the groundwork for a bond later on. So here's, here's the needs that are out there, and how do we fund them? Then in 2014, the staff um, went through a process that um, was really called a readiness assessment just to determine uh, what kind of capacity we had as, as staff to take on you know, these additional, or additional tasks. And there were some consultants involved in helping guide us through that process. And then also later in 2014, we started a master planning update of the park master plans with public meetings and that kind of thing as to what people wanted to see in the parks. So that went on through 2014 and early 2015. And then in 2015, the Conservation Board approved and adopted the master plans. So that really put in place a lot of the projects that we intended to undertake with with bond proceeds. Then later in 2015, we um, conducted a feasibility study, and that was um, funded through the Trust for Public Lands. And after the feasibility study, and and the feasibility study was really just looking at options and um, potentials and possibilities, that kind of thing. Then um, there was some polling of likely voters as to what um, issues and what things were most important to them. And then in 2016, right out, you know, early in the year, um, we, we started really kicking off this, this discussion in earnest. So we had the Trust for Public Lands involved. And uh, we, we also um, worked with the, the Iowa Natural Heritage Foundation early on in the process as well. So then the, the Trust for Public Lands um you know, reviewed all the feasibility studies, the, the polling, that kind of thing. Um, and at that point, we we decided to go ahead with the, the bond issue. So we were working with the conservation board on one side, but there was also a private effort um, to put together the supporting campaign. So there were two, two uh Two things going on simultaneously. The conservation board and staff were doing uh, educational activities, which you can you can do um, as part of the bonding effort. Here's how the money would be used, here's the types of projects we would do. But there was a private group forming and that formed at about the same time. There was a vote yes campaign. That's that's the part that The staff could not be involved in, but as private individuals, they could. So Mm -hmm. all the information they got from the conservation board and staff um, that went out to the public was all educational, just factual. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, this other group started forming and developed materials that was the vote yes side of it.
0: So what did that private group consist of? Who were those people?
1: The the private group?
0: Yeah, the the ones out there that were pounding the pavement, you know, doing the Vote Yes campaign. Was that, you know, local business owners? Was it Chamber of Commerce people? Who who were they?
1: Um, Business owners, some of them have been um, former conservation board members. Uh, We had, you know, members of some of the local, uh, you know, supporters like the Turkey Federation and the uh, pheasants forever that kind of thing so so it was a pretty broad mix of, of people on that particular group and and they actually engaged um, a private consulting firm to help with the the kind of materials to get the, the word out mm.
0: okay so so they had. Kind of professionals that knew what it took to run a campaign, and and that kind of stuff. So that that makes Correct. sense. Correct.
1: And and this um, this firm analyzed the polling data, uh, the messaging as far as you know where what message resonated with with people. You know what types of things they were most interested in, and then here's how here's how you go about getting the word out to to those people. Mm-hmm. You know they looked at. They looked at polling information as far as far as likely voters and and who was most likely to to vote in favor, and it, it was pretty um, pretty targeted campaign. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you know what that cost? Have, you, have any idea what the costs were? I
1: don't. It was again privately funded, so I don't know the total cost.
0: Right. Okay. So going back to, um, that, that master planning, what were some of the, the big items that you feel were the biggest selling points when, you know, you've got these master plans done and, you know, your capital improvement plan, um, what were some of the stories and and the education process that the, the conservation staff and board, we're showing the public of, you know, if this thing passes, this is what's going to get accomplished. What, what do you think were the ones that resonated the most with folks?
1: Yeah, so they, they were really built around, you know, the flagship parks, the parks that people recognized and the types of amenities that um, they wanted to see there. So, there was, you know, there were uh, campground improvements, playground improvements in the parks, um, the water quality was a big piece so it was you know about wetland development and projects to um, try to reduce nitrates in the water um, you know and and recognize that the magnitude of the the problem there um, we, we were trying to fix it incrementally so so this one bond wasn't going to solve all the The problems with water quality but it was about um, making the lands that we do have more effective at addressing that water quality goal. Mm -hmm. And then the trail improvements were were also a significant part of the overall plan. You know the trails at the time were important but I think they're even becoming more so um, today, with after COVID, people are really using trails heavily and they like trails near, near their houses. So the, the Conservation Board had, you know, this connecting communities theme with trails. So looking for ways to, to be able to go from this rural community into the urban center or from two rural communities or connecting rural communities to a park. Um, that kind of thing. So trails turned out to be, um, while it's the smallest piece, I think also turned out to be one that you could communicate very effectively.
0: Yeah, those are definitely, you know, they're easy to, to see and show impact. You know, you get a trail that connects this community to that. And, um, uh, that that's, you know, something to really hang your head on and, and impacts a lot of people. You know, you don't necessarily just have to be a Absolutely. camper, you know, it's, it's a, broad demographic versus, you know, say some more of the kind of niche markets like, you know, camping and stuff like that. And so, um, I've always thought that, that trails are always grossly underfunded compared to the impact and the demand. But so
1: absolutely. And, and, you know, I think people are starting to understand that the trails are also an economic development Tool, you know, you can attract workers by having um, things for them to do, including trails and being able to bike to work and that that kind of thing. But also, people coming from some distance to use. If you you know you have a pretty good trail system, people come from some distance to use it.
0: Yeah, and and this is probably a a topic for maybe another time. But have you seen? Um, or or did you see then some of the the local businesses or or corporations there? I know you guys have got some some big names uh, there in your community that have seen a direct impact from this kind of investment, the, this economic impact as far as workforce recruitment. Do you have any specific um, instances where where you've seen that type of thing, or is it largely just kind of anecdotal that you know we we know it does this? Um, I've just I've always thought it'd be need to hear actual stories of, you know, whatever, uh, some industry is saying we're trying to recruit whatever, you know, engineers right. to hear and, and we showed them the community and they, you know, they ate up these trails and, and that kind of stuff. Do you, do you, have specific instances where that has happened?
1: You know, I, I, don't necessarily have, um, this person came to Cedar Rapids because of this type of thing, but I do, I do hear from, um, businesses and, and people that they, Team the Cedar Rapids or um, the trails have helped them recruit people to their their business, but it's more anecdotal. Um, we also track you know national trends and and see where you know, people are people's responses are to trails and the, the economic impact that trails have, and then looking at the health benefits of of trails and and parks in general. So we try to track that information and get as much as we can um, but we haven't done our own local research we're, we're really using national studies mm-hmm. to extrapolate that to our community
0: yeah yeah and that's kind of one of those tough things i mean in all this stuff outdoor recreation is really kind of it would seem to me kind of one of a, a difficult endeavor to really assign a number to because you know i think we're really one component of an overall community feel, you know, somebody comes to a community and they're, they're considering whether or not they're going to relocate here. uh, And so they, they come there and so they're going to be judging that community based on a whole bunch of different things, outdoor recreation and and conservation amenities being a component of that, if that's important to, to those type of people. And then so it's, I think it'd be really hard to really nail down what impact that makes, but I think we certainly can't discount it and we know that it does have an impact it's just hard to quantify and that's that's been a struggle uh for me is that you know i know this stuff it's a it's a critical component of the overall picture but it's so hard to put a a number to you know so hard to quantify to say this is the impact if we invest this much in these amenities this is the the return on investment and so um but i think you know that's kind of why i wanted to do this discussion with these counties that have these bonds is that you know every county with the exception of of Adams, but they're kind of a a different case there's four counties in iowa that that have these bonds um three of them granted they're the three of the biggest ones but they're also fast growing and that's where everybody's flocking to and i i know you know there's a difference between causation and correlation but there there's there's a relationship there I'm sure. And so, um,
1: well you're right. You know, when people are looking at a community, they're looking at the total package, the the schools, the healthcare, the uh, traffic volumes, the affordable housing, the, you know, all of those, those things, but quality of life and recreation and time spent outside of work. And what can I do? All of that plays into that total equation. So I think it's hard to take one thing and say that was the deciding factor, um, but it's really a package mm-hmm. that people look at.
0: Yeah, yeah. So along the way, getting to this bonding process, so uh, going up to 2016, um, where were the County Board of Supervisors on all this?
1: The Board of Supervisors?
0: Yeah, yeah. Where, uh, what was their role or the, or what was their feeling about... About the process? Were they, were they backing it and, and kind of being a...
1: Yeah, so our process, and I think this is probably how it goes most most places in Iowa, is uh,
0: Conservation
1: Board um, passed a resolution requesting the Board of Supervisors um, place this uh, ballot on, on the ballot for the election and they reviewed it and they, they were very supportive and uh, put it on the ballot. The Um, Language was then developed um, for the ballot and uh, I believe it had to be out by August prior to, uh, prior to the vote. Mm -hmm. But the board of supervisors was very supportive throughout the process.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so it makes the ballot, it passes big time um, and you know, I'm sure everybody celebrates. So, so then what? That's, I imagine where the real work begins. Um, so what's, what's been the process since then? And specifically what I'm interested in is if, a, you know, say some other County were to do a, a bonding process um, that's never, you know, been part of something like this. Uh, what are uh, the, the good and bad? I mean, obviously there's a lot of good if you're, you know, you got 40 million bucks to, to apply towards, uh, accomplishments, but you know, there's gotta be some some administrative burden and I I suspect, you know, that bond isn't gonna go towards paying for more staff. So how does all that kind of relate and, and how's that worked for you in the in the what do we have four or five yeah. six years now that, that it's yeah. been in place?
1: Yeah, the, um so there was a lot of work between August and the the actual vote. A lot of you know, the staff going to this organization and that organization. And, you know, if you could get five, six people in a room, you go meet with them. And I met with several, two people in a room kind of thing. Uh, so there, there was a lot of work in, in that. But I think you're really asking about once it passed, what, what's the um, effort level of effort involved? And, and I will say that um, things have gotten much busier in terms of managing projects and um, trying to keep this group of projects moving forward. At the same time, you're developing the projects that are going to be on the next bond sale. So it's uh, it's it's been a challenging time, but but really a gratifying and fun time. I, most of my
0: career in
1: in conservation has been. Trying to find crumbs to get some neat project done and and to actually have resources to be able to accomplish that is, has been very gratifying. Mm-hmm.
0: How have you been able to leverage these dollars? I know that's always a big discussion that comes up. You know, we we get X number of dollars, how how can we turn it into more or leverage it into into other resources? How's that work for you?
1: Yeah that that leverage thing is a real challenge. Uh, there, there are grant opportunities, so we're always looking at the, you know, the typical ones, lock on and um, state and federal recreation trails, and, and we we do look uh, at private dollars, uh, doing a lot of fundraising efforts. But but there's some things that you do that that really leverage is difficult. So for instance, we put in. Um, new shower houses, new restrooms, you know, in, in parks. And it's really hard to raise money for a new restroom, for instance. Yeah. Um, But people get excited about park redevelopment. So we had, we had one park uh, here that we, we just redeveloped. In fact, we're right at the end of that one. It's a, we ended up with uh, probably about a five and a half million dollar total project. And, two and a half million of that was private dollars and grants and that kind of thing. So very successful in some cases. And and in some cases it's uh, hard to leverage the dollars, but um, so far we've, we've been involved in enough um, projects with significant private support that we're, we're about doubling the dollars.
0: Mm -hmm. So I want to now kind of take a a wider view of the overall picture. You know, seventy four percent a positive vote, and in in twenty sixteen, you know, I I think the the world was a little bit different then, but I I don't think anybody would say there was still a whole lot of trust uh, in government even then. I think there's less now, but what has Lynn County, uh, maybe specifically the conservation, or maybe the the county as a whole, done to cultivate the type of trust that it takes to to pass something like this for, for the voters to say, you know, yes, I'll I'll give you forty million bucks to to dump into parks and trails? There's got to be a a certain level of of trust that they know it's it's going to be used properly and they're they're going to get the return on their investment, and that had to have been wider than just you know, the get out the vote campaign in the, in the year of the vote. So, so what are the strategies that the County or the conservation department has employed to, to do that, to build that rapport with the, the citizens of your County?
1: Well, I'll, I'll say that, Oh, as, as long as I can remember, we worked really hard at just keeping the public informed about what we're doing. I mean, this is prior to the bond, um, trying to, to encourage people to get out and use the parks that we have, the trails that we have, uh, boat ramps and all that. Try you know trying to have that relationship um, and and the communication with the community of about the value of, of those things. So that started a long time be, before the bond. Now that we have have passed the bond, I think we've redoubled those efforts. We do have a, a web page that talks about you know, bond projects that are going on. We did, the, the Board of Supervisors in Lynn County um, decided to appoint a bond review board for Lynn County to, so so when we do a project, we take it to the Conservation Board, Conservation Board endorses it, and then we take it to this review board and go over the, the project with them as well. They're not really an approval board, uh, but it's a review board and say yeah they say yeah it meets the uh, requirements of the bond and should move move forward so it's another body that's a it's a public body public meetings all of that who's aware of what's going on and and has in their own way endorsed the projects that we're doing and then we maintain a bond website as well so here's the projects that are completed here's the ones that are in the works and updates on all of that if there's um, significant we we try to do uh, oh some you know we've done some videos and that kind of thing to keep to let people know um, what what's going on we have started using a drone quite a bit to get you know, that, that aerial view that kind of shows the relationship of whatever you're doing to the whole park or the whole area. So I'd say we've redoubled our efforts trying to to communicate uh, to the public and keep them informed as to what we're doing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's critically important. And I think it's, it's certainly something I've been working on is how do we better tell our story? And, you know, I think that's critically important because a lot of us in this line of work tend to, you know, we, we do these great things and then just, you kind of expect the projects to speak for themselves. And, and for those that, that come and and see the fruits of our efforts, they do. But for those that maybe don't know what it is that we're doing out there, how do we get that word out to them? And, and uh, that's, that's something I know it's certainly one of the things that, I'd like that, to work on. the perennial
1: challenge. So just, uh, you know, just, I think the the answer is trying to do a variety of different communication tools where you reach some people in the newspaper, you, you're going to reach others in the, on the, the blog or the internet or Facebook or whatever. So just using a variety of communication tools, I think is is really the best that you can do. And, And then depending on relationships with with community groups, you know, being able to hit that rubber chicken circuit where you just go out and talk to people and have the ability to answer questions one-on-one, that kind of thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Did you have or have you since had uh, any uh, real opposition? And how'd you deal with it?
1: We really did not have any opposition. Um, one local group came out opposed, and the the way they went about it was kind of interesting. Um, they decided that while they're talking about water quality, but that what they really want to do is build more cabins. And the the response that, that we saw was well, that's great. We love cabins. We want more cabins. So, um, so the only opposition that we really had was very low-key and very muted and, and turned out to be not, not consequential at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So for other counties or, or other entities, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a county, it could be city or something, but for someone out there who who wants to look at doing some sort of bond program, you know, we're tired of waiting for the state to fund. I will, uh, and we're, we're just going to go do it ourselves. What, what recommendations or cautions do you have, uh, for somebody who, who wants to, to initiate this type of process?
1: The, the number one thing is plan ahead. Um, I, I don't think you just want to decide that you're going to put it on the ballot. um, now for for the coming election i think you need to do a lot of planning and and homework and discussions with staff as to who's able to 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 do what and really look look forward to the long the long-term goal and and it almost turned out i think to be fortunate for us that we delayed in 2007, 2008, because we got some really good groundwork established and, and the thought process going. And then as as we were going through the flood and, and coming out of the flood, uh, r- really a lot of thought went into, uh, you, you know, down, down the road, we're going to Have this this experience and we're going to be able to communicate with with the public that this is another piece of um, What we do, you know with with wetlands controlling some of this this high water events this flooding um, At least reducing it, you know, again, it's similar to the water quality side You're you're not going to do one thing and, and solve the problem but you you incrementally got into this mess, so you can incrementally get out of it to, to some extent. So, so I, th- I think the number one thing to answer your question is really to, to plan ahead, get the communication tools in place, have the meetings with with the public, and spend a, a couple of years doing that, and then then move forward with with the actual vote. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. How about any recommendations in working with outside entities? You said, you know, you worked with some of these uh, consultant firms to, you know, do some of the polling and stuff. How how did that go? Any, any uh, issues there or or recommendations for, for doing that?
1: It was worthwhile. Um, You know, it's not my expertise. It's not, not really, I don't, I don't know how to design a valid poll and all that. So we're working with people who have that expertise I'd say was invaluable it was a tremendous uh, learning opportunity and um, well worth well worth the experience it, it was worthwhile to go through even if we had decided not to take it to uh, to a vote um, but I, I would say that having that that background information was just invaluable to to um, really to the especially to those people who were the vote yes campaign to figure out how to target their message. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I I've certainly learned there's areas where I'm I'm not an expert and and I have to accept the fact that I cannot do everything and you know or my department cannot do everything. And so there are times where you just you've, you've got to just you know, trust the experts and or be willing to, to spend the dollars to, to get the experts involved. And and I think that's that would go a long right. way. And,
1: and, you know, we were right on the, the front end, I think, of of some of the overload on, on phone calls. So we actually had a, a hard time, our consultant actually had a hard time getting a statistically valid pool of responses. So they had to work really hard. And they did fall a few a few calls short of, of their target and the total number that they wanted to, to talk to. So we ended up supplementing some of that with, with some voluntary type surveys where you just put it out. They, they were segregated, so you keep this keep the calls the, the statistically valid. Mm-hmm. separate from mm-hmm. the others but you, you had an opportunity to at least um, get feedback from people who were probably you know more supportive supportive of the overall effort and so so you'd make the you know make it available on our um, uh, through, through our website if you want to participate in this you can you can go to this uh, location and answer some
0: questions mm-hmm. yeah just an, an extra layer of, of feedback, I guess. Um, so one last thought that's, that's kind of floating around. Cause I know if I were to do this process, this would be the question I get. You invest this kind of money, uh, into, to parks and trails and, and land acquisition and stuff. There's going to have to be money to maintain it going forward. What is there? A, there a plan in place, and and was that discussed? Are you plan or the supervisors planning on giving your department, or have they uh, given your department more resources to manage these type of things, or, or what does that look like for you?
1: We've been able to add a couple of staff members, but I would say we're short on on staff members, and that's probably the the one thing that uh, we should have done more up front to where um with the board of supervisors that, that hey we're moving this forward but some some of it doesn't take a lot of extra staff like you know if you add a a few acres to a to a park or a, an area it doesn't add a lot of need for for staff but if you're going to build a new building or if you're going to develop a new 10 mile trail or something like that it does it does take staff and and so far, we've been able to add more seasonal staff, but not as many um, full-time staff as what we we need. So that was probably one that would have been good to have more upfront conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know, you know, you can build in some revenue generation through some of these investments. You know, if you build new cabins and campsites and things like that, you can you can up some of your revenue to, to offset some of that but let's face it you know trails and greenways and floodways and things like that there's they don't have a revenue component to them other than economic impact kind of on a broader scale um but as far as you know going directly into next year's budget uh they don't and that's that's kind of one of those tough things is that those are some of the biggest impacts you can make from a public impact perspective but as far as uh uh, being able to manage those going forward on, on the, uh, the, the budget numbers that that can be kind of tough to do. So yeah, I, I can see how, right. how that'd be tough, but, um, well, you know, yeah.
1: I'd, I'd say most of what we do really doesn't have a, a direct cash return on a revenue basis. Uh, you know, if you build a new campground or you, you build a new cabin or a lodge, yeah, there's some, some revenue, but an awful lot of it is, um, sub subsidized quality of life stuff for the, the community. And, and so it, it doesn't have that revenue base to, to draw from to add people. So it's, it's a good point and something that, you know, it needs to be considered upfront. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that's, um, I think that answers most of my questions, um, on, on the bond, any, any kind of final thoughts or, or suggestions for anybody that, that may listen to this in the future, um, whether they're looking at, at doing their own or, or not?
1: No, I just, in, I just encourage people to, um, you know, if they go through the process and it looks like they have the support, I uh, it's been a really rewarding experience to, to be able to bring these things forward to the community. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that, I have been having been through this can do or I'm sure there's you know others that have have done it that would be more than happy to, to help you answer questions or look at materials that, that we used or any of that and I just I, I think it's a a good funding mechanism for conservation efforts and one that maybe is a little little overlooked but we're not getting a lot of, of other funding through you know state or federal effort so we have, we have to look at other options.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when you there any talk? I know you're you're still fairly early into it, but there any talk at, at doing a another one? I know Polk County's already on to number 2.
1: Yeah, Polk County's already on number 2. We we've got a little ways to go yet. Yeah, we're not we're a little over half halfway expended on total dollars. Um, But but everything we do, we we try to do with the idea that there'll be another bond at some point. And um, are we generating support, or are we making it harder for the next bond? So you know, we we have that conversation a lot. So I'd say yes, there is discussion about another bond, but it's a ways off yet.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's a good way to look at it. Is you know what what impact does this have on maybe doing this again? And I. You know that would certainly influence, you know how how you might do things in the here and now, knowing that whatever five, six, ten years from now, uh, you might be looking at doing this process again. You, you're certainly going to want a uh, a good image of how this one worked out. So that's that's a that's a good point. Right. Well, Dennis, thanks for uh, for taking the time to to chat with me. Um, this is this has been fun and insightful, and hopefully the. Folks listening to this, we'll we'll get something out of it, and um, I appreciate you you offering to uh, help anybody out that that wants to move forward with this. You know, let's just cross our fingers that the state finally gets moving on. I will, and we all can reap the benefit from that. But uh, until then, cool. I think uh, some of us are just going to have to kind of uh, figure out how to how to make these things go on our own. So uh, this this may be an option for folks. But uh, so yeah, so so thanks for the chat today, and. Uh, Keep on keeping on. You, know, you guys thank, are doing great thank stuff you, up there. Chris,
1: and keep keep up the good work.
0: Thank you. We'll we'll do our best. So, all right. Well, you take care, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you sometime later. Okay. See uh, you, Chris. Yep. Bye.